This is alphageekradio.com. The following presentation is licensed under the Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike Non-Commercial License. For more information on Creative Commons licensing, please visit www.creativecommons.org. Today on Casually Hardcore, Blizzard is trying to do women better. The hell is an Amiibos? GameStop, I'm happy with Sony and Microsoft. Obama wants his internets left alone as well. Valve tightens up early access rules. Telltale's Game of Thrones will be six episodes. That and so much television to talk about as always. Alive, it's alive, it's alive! You should probably panic, ladies and gentlemen, for the casuals are here and we are taking control of the airways. This is Casually Hardcore Live on alphageekradio.com. For Sunday, the 23rd of November, holy crap, it's almost the holidays, 2014, this is Casually Hardcore. I am Gnomewise. I'm Iolite. I am Dexa. And I'm Grail. And we're doing this by the magic remote. Woohoo! That's right. All right. Yes, where in the past we might have canceled a show for lack of uh, coordination, we are using the power of technology to bring Dexa and Grail from many miles away. It's not quite as impressive as bringing someone in from, like, Tibet. But still, they didn't have to drive to here, yep. and you're actually getting a show. So you should be very happy for this technology, for it is awesome. That's right. That's right. Yeah. And you guys sound really good, too, so I'm happy. Well, they sound good in person, because, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Showing your colors already, huh? We were, like, 30 seconds into the show. All right. <laughs> Where is the Skype sexy setting? I know. <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. I expect anyway. there's some music in the background that we can't hear. <laughs> I ain't saying. <laughs> anyway. Uh, cruising directly into TV. Uh, as usual, we'll give you our minor spoiler warning. Uh, we do try to stay at least uh, two weeks out of sync but occasionally we do drift, so there is potential for television uh, genre show spoilage in the next mm, 15 to 20 minutes. So please beware if you are sensitive to such things. So I'm very interested in hearing, especially from Grail, on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., um, who, because Ward had always been a very sore spot for you. What yeah. do you think mm-hmm. of him now? I love where they're going with this character, and, mm-hmm. and I'm glad you put that warning in there because the episodes are starting to bleed together a little yes, bit little for bit. us. Well, that's, why, that's exactly why I did it. <laughs> so I may accidentally stumble into the current episode versus the previous weeks, um, but his character has – hes they're doing a fantastic job of keeping you guessing with him of whether or not he's – really remorseful for his actions at the end of the season one where he betrayed the team 
and he's trying to play the double agent role now uh, against Hydra. And I, th- I think he's like a dodecahedral uh, agent at this point. Yeah, no kidding. Or is he really just a bad apple? And they've so far done a really good job every episode of giving you a very compelling reason for both. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, keeping you guessing. Yes, those damn writers. But I'm part of me is just rejoicing that they have thus far allowed a character to be a turncoat and remain a turncoat, not be the hooker with a heart of gold or the diamond in the rough who immediately turns and saves the good guys. Uh, no, he's a card-carrying, believing uh, member of Hydra and seems to have been affected a little bit by his interactions with Sky. But that's about it. He still is doing – Ward is doing for Ward. He has a clear – Yeah. He clearly has an agenda. It's not clear to us what that agenda is, but he has an agenda and he's getting stuff done. On that note, though, I don't think he's a card-carrying member of Hydra. I think Hydra is a means Hydra's to Hydra is a an means end. to an end. Well, yeah, as you said, but Ward isn't it for Ward. he believe in their creed. And he told someone that before, too. Well, And he was following Garrett because he believed in Garrett. Right. right. And Garrett led him to Hydra. Ward didn't go to Hydra. Garrett, it's just where the person he did uh, believe in and follow, went. And then we got Correct. to see him end of last season become disillusioned <laughs> with Garrett going off the deep end. And now it's just, okay, he's left to his own devices. It's becoming kind of interesting to see what does he do now? Exactly. And that and his extremely demented upbringing that we're seeing more and more of. Yeah, it is. It- yeah, I agree. I think he's uh, he's become, if anything, at least an interesting character to to watch. But like, and I, I I would say that's the best way to sum him up. He's just so far everything he's doing is about himself. Absolutely. Um, and he'll use Shield. He'll use Hydra. He'll use whatever means as long as he's achieving his goals. Which you know, if they run parallel to one of those organizations, great. If they don't, then. Screw That's fine too. Yep, <laughs> I'll just take care of it because uh-huh. that doesn't matter. It's it's the you know I must fair break. weather fair weather ally mm-hmm. you know fair weather friend. I must break you. Yeah. I, I, so I, yeah. Oh, go ahead. No, it's fine. Um, no. the with Sky, I think they did the thing they absolutely had to do to make her interesting, which is to attach a more interesting character to her in the form of her father. Uh, well, I think that and the fact that she's just not on screen as much, and when she <laughs> is on screen. <laughs> So kind. (laughs) Get her off screen. It is true. But also when she is on screen, she's there for a reason. She's doing something. Yeah. She's not just window dressing. She's just not the super hacker, a happy girl. And the they, super they, hacker who never hacked anything. Oh, they, yeah. they they did TV hacking several times. No, she did a lot of hacking, just yeah. not real hacking. Right. But Yeah. They Let's not get me started on real hacking. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, she is. She's a lot more somber than she was last season. So that well, she's that, been betrayed by Ward. She's been betrayed by all, from, all, from all directions. Yep. She's learning all kinds of crap about her heritage. Well, she doubts her humanity, and that makes her less annoying. She, also, she has also <laughs> killed people. Uh, that'll yeah. that will mess with the old brain cycles. Y- you know, I've been binge watching Walking Dead, so this whole and then she killed people thing is like meh. Yeah, so. <laughs> 
Gotta pull yourself out I of call the universe. That morning. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what happened before coffee this morning? Uh, it's right. like when you're killing zombies, you can kind of disassociate yeah, that they're not really people. It, it, yeah, no, it wasn't that. It's the, oh, it, the other, it's, you know, yeah, all the other, yeah, all the other oh, killing other. people, the actual okay. people, people. Yeah. So, but yeah, I've been binge watching because you know I only have limited shows I can watch. Yeah. During the during the year, and so I'm following Constantine. Uh, I'm following uh, Walking Dead and those sorts of things. Um, Doc Dead in the IRC says he was catching up, binge-watching Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., and yeah. makes an interesting observation. Uh, two, two interesting observations. It is fun to go back to the first episodes and see the little hints that they put in. I'd be curious to see if, it, yeah. if they had these plans. And also, Sky is a script kitty. Yes, she damn well is. Yes. Yes. Oh, without a doubt. Oh, yeah. She's script kitty with magical alien blood that helps her heck, hack better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. Helps <laughs> her hack <Okay>. better. <laughs> sure. But, I mean, between him and... Um, what they've done with Fitz, I think his character also That's where I was headed next. super interesting. Fitz, yeah. damaged Fitz is orders of magnitude more interesting than regular Fitz pining after Simmons. And I'm glad the pining after Simmons bit is off the table now. Yeah, yes. they've died that they've toned that down, but they've really also. I mean, it's really neat to have a character who knows everything and can't either express it or have the motor control to do it. Well, yeah, and they've also made his story into a buddy cop story with the addition of dude whose name I can't remember. Yeah, uh, yeah, and that guy is awesome with him too. They make a great little buddy couple. The, if, so, if he's that great, why can't I remember his damn name? But they're stirring the pot with him as yes, well because are. in the previous episode when Coulson kind of loses his mind to the uh, the drawing on the wall disease, whatever we're going to call that, uh, he really has an issue with it. He really felt that you know his director of S.H.I.E.L.D. should not be that out of control. And even post-Resolve, and this bleeds into a little into the newest episode, he's still showing that he has an issue with the way Coulson was acting. Yeah. Um, so, so basically what you're saying is he, he shouldn't be vulnerable in any way, shape, or form? Well, that's the way this character seems yeah. to be portraying it. And so, but they're definitely keeping the through uh, line that he doesn't trust Coulson any longer or at least has some serious issues with the way he behaved in the pre- in the episode where he basically puts Sky into a cell and goes off to try to uh, find more information about the mapping. Antoine Britt? Hmm? that guy? Antoine? No. No. Oh, the other guy. And yeah. the... It, I think that's good writing in that it is demonstrating Coulson having to follow in Nick goddamn Fury's shoes. Yeah, yeah, that's hard. So I think this is an illustration of how do you follow a legendary figure like Nick Fury in a decimated version of S.H.I.E.L.D. He's never going to be good enough. and He's never going to be good enough in his own mind even. Right. So I think they're setting that up as making him appear fallible to the new team. So he questions himself and... People have to realize that maybe we idolized Fury a little too much. Yeah, and that that might be the route they're going, or it may be planting yet another seed in the team of uh, you know some sort of conflict internally to the group. If if he's able to sway more people within the the Shield organization to his way that of thinking that Coulson isn't you know, altogether there. Yeah. That could be fermenting rebellion later in the season. We'll see. Sometimes you just need to raise to the ground and start fresh. Yeah. Which is, they were kind of forced to do. Um, Yeah, but they're not, they're living in the ashes. Right. Even calling themselves, you know, 
and I'm still I'm still jarred out of the show every single time I see someone walking by, carry wearing and carrying a bunch of Hydra emblazoned clothing and equipment. <laughs> it is just stupid. No, 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 no. This is not how a secret organization behaves. You don't right. have sew-on Hydra patches and pa- and Hydra decals on all of your boxes. No. None of those are actually Hydra agents, though. They give those out to mislead everybody, and then you kill those guys, and you don't see the actual ninjas. Yeah. Yeah. Ninjas. There are 27 of them in this picture. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, a white room. So... Mm-hmm. It's the same problem G.I. Joe had with Cobra. Yes. I mean. and that's, that's the problem. Is it, it associates it too patches? in my head with a, a, a cardboard cutout caricature villain like Cobra. Right. I want him to, I want him to dial that back a bit. And yeah. interestingly, as we observe Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. getting better and better, their ratings are dropping and dropping. Of course. Of course. The usual... Um, well, this, this time without... of, they played the long game, and unfortunately, yes. a lot of TV viewers only have the attention span of an ant. So, well, yeah. thing is their their ratings did spike right around the Winter Soldier era, right? Right. And the beginning of the season was good, and it's been declining since then. Hmm. So, what the hell, America? What what do you want in your entertainment? Yeah, like a continually improving storyline is not enough to get you to tune in. What? Hmm. Nope. I don't get it. I uh, think they maybe maybe they just are looking for superheroes. Yeah. Or okay. super or at least super villains. We'll see. Because they mm-hmm. had those they did front load the season with uh, Absorbing, Absorbing Man, Man and yeah. Frosty Boy. And then it's been pretty tame since then. So yeah, let's see what comes in the next little bit. See if uh we did have the uh, recent, you know, the most recent episode, which we're trying to avoid talking about, did did end on a, on a cliffhangerish reveal about how some of the characters that have been introduced are interrelated from the past, right? Which is going hmm, interesting. So we'll mm-hmm. see where that leads. Oh yeah, yeah. And I mean, uh, like I like I've said before, as long as Kyle McLaughlin's there, I'm usually <laughs> usually okay anytime he is on the screen. He's and still doing a real good job as the bad guy for sure. In the scene in the most recent episode, they had there was a flashback and they had a scene with younger Kyle McLaughlin, and they yes. they mm-hmm. youngerized him really well. He looked like he yeah. stepped out of freaking Twin Peaks in that scene. Oh yeah, I'm not sure if they that was CG or just really good makeup, or they've been doing extra aging makeup on him in the scenes we've seen him in and they removed it and de-aged him somehow but i'm like wow that's that's a young like dune era kyle, kyle mclaughlin damn <laughs> the quizzat's hatterack what find the spice the spice must flow all right so we now have seen the conclusion of this series of doctor who um so now we pay the price for getting it all in one dose without a break is we binged on it, and it's over already. Yep. Um, we have to look, but we're within spitting distance of the Christmas special, so that should be able to carry us. Yeah, the carry that'll us be through. the tide me over. Um, so did you guys get all the way to the end of the one from two weeks ago? Of, of the end of the season, basically? No, no we're, we're still the last one episode one. away. Okay. So you got through to the reveal yes. of Missy, short for yes. Mistress, yes. as the female regeneration of the Master. Yes. Who's been shacking up with the Our Universe version of the Cybermen. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and have this interesting idea of making the Cybermen more and more like the Borg uh, with each iteration. Yeah. Uh, intercepting consciousnesses 
when people die, deprogramming them from their having them willingly give away their emotions in a fake afterlife, and then re-downloading the emotionless brains into their corpses, which have while the brains were away have been converted into Cybermen. Yeah. Yep. Little odd. A little circuitous. Yeah. yeah. The idea being every grave on the planet Earth is now occupied by a Cyberman. Um, bit of a stretch, but that's that's what they seem to have been going for, because the, the tagline that Missy leaves on is that the dead outnumber the living. That's the big secret right. of planet Earth. Mm-hmm. So the Master is trying to invade Earth for we don't know what reason, using for- Cybermen... That's what he does. He invades. Yeah. I mean, she does in this iteration. She apparently. does now, but well, yeah, she continues to be as insane as she ever was. So yep. yeah, I, I mean, and I, I think this does actress actually a does a really good job of being the female version. She is. She is a worthy she's, successor. She's she's wicked mm-hmm. and she's oh, yeah. funny. Uh-huh. And she's a little bit Off. like devious, sexy, but uh, like like I- I'm sorry, don't stick your m- crazy. Yeah. And you know, I mean, <laughs> you 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 get that edge of crazy on her mm-hmm. all the time, from the glint in her eye to the way that she smiles. Yeah, she's a really really good job. No, now now looking back, I understand why she's been a little off the hook in in every scene because she's supposed to be the insane time lord. Time lady. Yeah. Well, and she's yeah. I, I, can you imagine it, how many generations, how many regenerations spent as a male, and then gender bending into a female for the very first time. for the very first time, as far as we know. And be you were completely unhinged before. It's like I I, I suspect that that she actually adapted okay to that, mm-hmm. <laughs> comparatively speaking. Yeah, I'm actually looking I, forward uh, the, to the Doctor's Next Regeneration, which is yeah. almost certainly going to be a woman, and the the jokes that they're going to, just the wealth of jokes they're going to be having about new parts. Sure. Because it's always been, you know, I've got new kidneys, new teeth, I'm still not ginger, so they have to get a red-headed woman to be the next head doctor. Exactly. So be, yeah. I'm finally ginger, but I'm a woman. Yep. Excuse me, I have to go look and see what I look like in these pants. Yes. <laughs> right. I'm concentrating on a dress size. Um, so, I mean, it was a, it's a bit involved in windy, um, and yeah. it looks like they were, they, they really couldn't, they could have gotten away with it being something other than Cybermen. It really yeah. seems to be a bit yeah. visiting that well one too many times. Well, I think just having the master there or the mistress now was enough. Was well, enough. would have been yeah. enough. That was a big enough yeah. reveal. It didn't have to be Cybermen again, other than well, the fact they have 10 million Cybermen costumes that they want to use. It's, it's also the... <laughs> Usually the master has a bigger plan than yeah. just I'm going to take over Earth. Usually the the master is about we're going to go conquer the galaxy. Right. Last time he we're took over Earth, to go... it, was, it was in order to take over the galaxy. Right. And he right. went to the end of time to do to it. do it. So when I when I was looking at that kind of chain of episodes in the David Tennant era versus mm-hmm. this chain of episodes, I was a little disappointed because I was looking for Some master level end. master level designs. Right. It's it's small ball. Yeah. yeah. It's it's too it's it, these are the weak tea. These are the enemies you put in when you can't when you don't have the big bad yet. Right. Yeah. They're they're, they're unfortunately the, the fill the filler enemy. Yeah. Yeah, and Cybermen have always been the minions. Well, no, I, mean, I mean Cybermen they just... in some of their iterations have been 
more threatening. Oh, sure. The, yeah. The, the Silver Nightmare and Silver, of course, written by Neil Gaiman. Right. They were. Uh, I'm annoyed, and I like that episode at the same time. I'm annoyed because they are absolutely just ripoffs of the Borg at that point, which right. is yeah. not the way the Cybermen started. Um, they were similar to the Borg in that they were a race that voluntarily replaced all their bodies a bit at a time with cybernetic parts. Yeah. And then, as a consequence, lost their emotions and humanity. It wasn't done intentionally at first. Right. It was meant to be a cautionary tale about the limits you should place on technology. Um, and now they're just saying, hey, hey, we just are assumed to understand what assimilation is and... They came as close as you can possibly get without actually going there to having the um, assimilation nanorobots with the Nightmare and Silver version where they had the the micro cybermats that would yeah. begin assimilating you in place just if, if one of them Be- got on you. Begin upgrading you. Right. Yeah. So like, You're even using the language. Right. Because <laughs> assimilate yeah. versus because upgrade. That's, that's the only difference. They call it upgrading yeah. versus assimilation. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. And none of that's explained. It's just in there. And it's it's like, Mr. Gaiman, did you actually read the backstory, the Bible about the Cybermen, or did you just watch Star Trek and say, I'm going to do that? Exactly. <laughs> well, that's, that worked yeah. well. Yeah. Well, they <laughs> also. It was a good episode, but it was messing with their history. I mean, yeah. I, I think, too, that if you play with it there's a difference between hive mind and cybernetically connected right so i can still think for myself my emotions may be gone but i am still a logic machine as right. a cyberman and that's how they and pretty I can, much remain and, and i can make that decision versus i i hear everything i see everything and and i am incapable of making my own decisions they gave that to the daleks and when we met them on when we met clara for the first time they introduced the idea of basically they have their internet and it is one big mind amongst them with the cybermen they've had cyber leaders before they they give them the black handlebars on the helmet and call them a cyber leader but it's basically a commander not a directly controlling everyone i'm just i'm the decision maker when there's a tie um so we we will hit part two of the season finale next show, but I wanted to put out there now that Doctor Who is ending, what should we replace it with in our discussion section because we have a wealth of choices. True. Very true. What do you you guys feel? Well, we've been denting Arrow, so we're about halfway through. I think we have four episodes left to go Mm -hmm. after watching four. Um, and obviously Flash could get mixed in as kind of one universe because they're about to hit their big crossover as oh, well. Yep, what that's a, coming, what a coming this next week. Yeah, shocking. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, so those are big. Uh, you know, uh, Isle Light mentioned she was watching Walking Dead. We have those yep. recorded. We just haven't started watching them yet. Um, same thing for Constantine. We haven't seen a single episode of that, but we've heard I've, good things. Yeah, I've been following, I've been consuming Constantine and Walking Dead. I'm completely caught up with uh, with Walking Dead. I'm one episode yeah. behind on Constantine. I've, and I've, I've got only watched like two episodes of Constantine, but I'd like an excuse to get caught up. So I think Constantine gets my vote. I I'm, but, I'm have been enjoying it. I we we can do Constantine my or we can and my other vote would be for the the Arrow Flash yeah, combo, meal. combo combo meal combo <laughs> yeah. meal yeah 
I would need to get caught up on Arrow then. Yep. I would need to get caught up on both. I, I, obviously, I watched the first couple seasons of Arrow, but I haven't, yeah. I'm not following the current one. Well, let's, let's scatter. I usually our, binge watch that one. <laughs> scatter to our corners and we'll uh, make our final decision after discussing this, the series finale of Doctor Who next show. Sure. Woo-hoo. Sure. Sounds and, good. All right. And we welcome suggestions from uh, the listening audience uh, the yeah. show, to the show at alphageekradio.com. If you think there's something we're missing that you would like to direct us towards, we'd love to hear from you. We'll happily watch anything other than Gotham. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I'm sorry. No Gotham. <laughs> exactly. I have to veto that. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Cup check. Email sent. Yeah. <laughs> please, please. All right. then. <laughs> Hello, IRC. Woohoo. Um, so from the land, oops, wrong tab. I fail. Um, so we have from Kotaku.com. Right. With Overwatch. Blizzard yes. is trying to do women characters better. <laughs> they've they've had no shortage of criticism over the years, and because and, and you look at things like World of Warcraft and Warcraft are very male heavy. The female characters they do have are very strong and are generally very good, but they're numerically inferior. Um, so from the article, Blizzard lore slash story slash sunglasses guy Chris Metzen. And his daughter were watching a cinematic scene from World of Warcraft. There were swords, spells, dragons, the usual. His daughter, however, couldn't help but ask one ask of the women characters, why are they all in swimsuits? Yeah. Uh-huh. Because, yeah, that's exactly what uh, people would spend their time wearing if they were going into combat. Mm-hmm. Of course. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know, maybe if I was actually trying to distract people into not, but it's really not going to help when people start, you know, hitting me with a sword. (laughs) So, yeah, you do realize that you have an invisible magical armor all around your body that especially on your midriff. Yes. Right. Your cleavage and boobs, upper boobs. Yep. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. The the, the bustier area is like plus 20. Make make sure the swell is covered. Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm -hmm. Um. So, yeah, it's it's an <laughs> I'm interesting. Sorry, it's just so ridiculous. It's, it's, but it's been that way for a long time. And I time. play well. I play women characters right now. I'm taking a priest through blood elf. Yeah, I'm taking a blood elf priest, which is basically a fashion so, model. Yeah, what? Well, uh, she's a little short to be a fashion model, but yeah, okay. Um, she thinks she's a fashion model because that's well, the, that's how as long as they're it's the not. Ears. Put, it's 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 really tends to be the clothing that's the more the issue at least. To me, and I'm obviously male, so this is my perspective, is that mm-hmm. guys and girls in games tend to be stylized to be appealing in their facial, like the, their looks. Yes. And I think that's across the board for both girl and guy characters. Yes. But it, where it differs is guys tend to be in massive, you know, basically wearing an M1A1 in yes. terms of armor around right. them, whereas girls wear next to nothing on them in terms of armor for the same class. And that seems to be where the issue comes up. Like, I don't know that anybody would say, yeah, I want to play World of Warcraft or any of these games, and I want everybody to be ugly or, like, not appeal. Well, the, the comment that Metzen makes, and, and when they're, they're talking about Overwatch as being the first game where they're trying to be really self-aware. Yeah. And say, specifically for Overwatch, over the past year, we've been really cognizant of that, trying not to over-sexualize the female characters. I think over-sexualize is the key word there. They're all in freaking skin-tight cat suits, the, at least the ones we've seen so far. Um, and we've seen more of the villain females than um, 
good guy side. We've seen uh, Tracer, the one female lead from the um, movie. Yeah. And then Widowmaker um, is the super sniper of Doom, who looks basically like the model of Nova from right. Ghost. Um, mm-hmm. But they are at least covered in clothing from neck to toe. They're not going overboard with the, uh, you know, cutting the keyhole in the midriff and the, the peekaboo area around the breasts or anything like that, which are oh so common when you do a female uh, superhero style character. Sure. I'm looking at you, Power Girl. Um, yeah. I love there's, there's people who have taken Superman and given him a version of, uh, of Supergirl slash Power Girl's uh, costume yeah. with the cutaway reveals and say, see how dumb this is? It's like, yeah, you're right. I'll go you one better. I found one that says if all super all male superheroes were dressed like female superheroes, I sent it out on my Twitter. It's, <laughs> they're all wearing these little G strings. I mean, it's really funny. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think there's there's a difference in the way that we we sexualize, and it's not so much in the in the dress for men. And I'm not uh, I'm not talking about Blizzard. I was actually reading an article the other day that was doing a, a comparison between, you know, here's Barbie and here's how Barbie doesn't represent accurately Even females. Um, so now let's take a look at He-Man. He-Man. Exactly. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, and the, the muscles upon muscles. And, and the, muscle groups the, that don't exist in a human. Right. And the, the, the absolute triangle to the waist. And mm-hmm. then the, you know, let's make sure that, that the proportions are, are completely unrealistic to, you know, anything other than a, a 100% really... Iron Man that's, but that's done to propagate a, a, an idea of masculinity that's not necessarily sexual in nature. So it is, it's the same thing. You're, you have an unrealistic image you. that you're projecting. Mm-hmm. One is to be, on the female side, one is to be titillating to men. And on, these, are, these are both directed at men because on the, on the male side, right. it's to show the man, if you're not shaped like this, you're not normal. You're not good enough. Yeah. Um, you know, but but you can reverse that. It's still for women. Right. You look at it and you say that you're not good enough if you don't look like Barbie. Right. But also that this is the type of man that you should be attracted to. Right. Yeah. All yeah. these messages getting blocked. A- in and there. so it's the psychology of choosing a mate. Right. So it, it's but I find it like I'm looking at this image on the Kotaku article and I'm like. Yes, she's clothed. But she might as well not be with the color choice Skin between her legs tight. and her. Yeah, <laughs> she looks her, like she's know? wearing a thong. Yeah, or, or body yeah. paint at yeah. least. Yep. Yeah. So if yep. this is their new improved view on women, damn, we have a long way to go. Yeah, turn around and show me the fact that her front actually looks translucent with little nipples showing, mm-hmm. and I'm like, you've, you've actually you know, like made it worse to a certain extent. But we'll see. I'd, I'd like to actually see, you know, it's fine. Catsuit is fine, but make it less upper butt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I think, Sorry. I mean, mainly the it's and it's a hard line to find because mm-hmm. right. you don't want to limit artistic expression and you don't want to say, well, you can never have a person in this type of outfit because maybe there's times where it makes sense for a girl or a guy to be in an outfit that doesn't quite conform to what you would think if you're in a you know a, a battle arena of death well the best one the best one that actually had an excuse i think was zero suit samus uh-huh. be- because it's the cat suit that she would wear under the big hulk in armor yeah which makes complete sense it also gave him a total excuse to show her in a skin tight um cat suit 
but at least it had an explanation. Well, it's like a thermal layer that you're right. putting it's under like your a, armor, like prevent chafing, suit. and blah blah blah, like whatever. A pressure suit. But you can you can look at that too, and you can say that that um, I don't mind seeing characters sexualized in the right context. So have the ninja assassin who's going to depend on. Uh, character and deception and stealth. No capes. Go for the you know short skirts and the and lure the guys in to get what's needed out of them. Versus the I, I'm actually going to fight and be in battles and be in armor. And that was actually one of the things that I liked about uh, Diablo. Was you put that female character in armor, you can't tell she's a chick anymore. <laughs> No, no, yeah, yeah, it's just a walking tank. Yeah, point. exactly. Plate armor is plate uh, armor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think to me, again, a lot of it just comes down to game designers that are willing to take the time to allow customization options. Ah, exactly. To allow yes. you to make your nice. character the way you want to make them. And if you want to make your character that you're playing, if you're a guy and you want to make him a giant dude who has massive muscles and is running around and, you know, the the prototypical uh, masculinity, then great. If you're not into that and you want to make a guy who weighs like a buck fifty and running around doing the same type of stuff, that's fine too. Or like, if you're a guy and you want to make a chick sure. that looks hot in a dress. Yeah. Yep. And they are well, they already have given them that ability. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> have fun and I'm okay with that, right? It's it's yeah, exactly. I, I like the idea of customization. Mm-hmm. I, I think um I had fun with that actually in City of Heroes because I made a a, she was certainly attractive, but you remember catnip. She was wee. She was tiny. Oh yeah. In all in in all dimensions, and wore a a cat suit. Catwoman yeah. style. Yeah, catwoman style, and she just it was fun, you know. Yeah. But she wasn't ridiculously proportioned, R- revealing be, costume. Right, and actually gave you the option to make them smaller up top. Yep. <laughs> Sure. You know, those sorts of things. There needs to be a bus yeah. slider that goes to the left as well as the right, guys. Right, right, right. yeah. <laughs> no, it can't just start at the left when you're already in, like, a D cup. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. They have surgery for that. There are letters in the alphabet before D. <clears throat> yes, yes. Yeah, they have surgery for that. Oof. Oof. So I'm glad Blizzard is thinking about it. Yeah. Uh, I would need to see more before I'm convinced. And part of it will be I need to hear the character stories and the dialogue that they have recorded for the characters in-game. Sure. That's a big part of this whole discussion. Not just the imagery. We didn't even have it as an article, but there was that whole uh, uproar over the Barbie I want to be a computer programmer or game designer book and the fact that they had – it was just – like, oh, I want to be a game designer, but I need men to come help me design the game. Uh-huh. Was basically what the book Ugh. came down to, and they ended up That's... pulling the book from even circulation because the buff people looked in and like, uh, you know, there's plenty of examples of uh, female game designers now. Uh, <laughs> like, this isn't yeah. like a uh, crazy idea you guys are having. So, <laughs> game uh, designers, so, yeah, game programmers, come on. Yeah. So, I mean, it's much more than uh, just visual context but it's also how do they act how what roles you know, are they given what roles are they get exactly yeah that's a discussion that will not end in our lifetime it's ongoing yeah yes. it's an ongoing but at least people are starting to talk about it so into the land of amiibos yeah yes so, uh yeah 
Or in other words, Nintendo saw money to be made. Cha-ching! I have seen this coming for a while, ever since the first Skylanders game came to being. This is them leveraging the different kinds of near-field communication technology um, into collectible figurines, a Uh la... Skylanders and Disney Infinity. Of which we own both Skylanders and Disney Infinity. For Disney Infinity our, has kind of eclipsed Skylanders. For our, our kids. And honestly, the, the little one plays with them like they're figurines that she would play pretend with she, no well, matter she, what. She hasn't quite and, gotten to the game. St- and the older yet. one doesn't care. He played Skylanders for like two months and got really into it and then he said, I'm done. Drifts in and out And of then games. he drifted away. He'll be back around. And he Christmas. doesn't like Disney Infinity at all. Well, we got to show yeah. him the Marvel, the Marvel add on. I think we'll get him back. We'll see. Yeah. One but never I, I just, I, I look at these and I'm like, oh my God, if they have a Yoshi, we might be in trouble. They almost certainly have a Yoshi. I mean, they, they picture, a, they picture he, a Link, a Mario. Um, so these yeah. are figurines that you basically a Pikachu, Pikachu, of course, yes. Um, that you touch to your control pad, or basically just prove to the the system that you have the figurine present, and it unlocks game assets. Um, so it basically, and this works across platforms. Is the big is the big point the article makes is right. This is something you get one time, and then you use it with your Wii U, your DS, and. What I'm looking forward to on the Disney Infinity is the figurines are totally generic. So if we go down the Xbox One road this Christmas, we can get the pad for Disney Infinity and reuse all the figurines that we got for the Wii U version because the figurines are totally separate from the software side, which is what they're leveraging with these Amiibos. So make it make it once and then sell it once and then use it for many reasons or use it People, the fact that people already own this collection to make them buy new software to make it make the figurines do interesting and fun things later on. It's fairly genius printing money that you would expect from Nintendo. Well, yeah, but my point is we've already got the other two. So are you coming kind of late to the game here? Or are you're not? They're not showing anything really super brand new. Well, the big, the big deal about this concepts. one is it goes, it goes. Right now, you get Skylanders, and you have to have the Skylanders base to use them. You do Disney Infinity, you have to have the Disney Infinity reader base. This is you have it one time, and it works at least it, so far in this article across the Wii U and the 3DS. So they're two totally different platforms that the same article has significance to. That's that's the big jump they've made with these. Well, and I think, well, the reason they work with those, though, I'm assuming, is because they already have a, a sensor that can sense it, but it's not working with any of the um, the home systems, right? The Wii U. The Wii U. They were the, oh, yeah, I guess the Wii U. Yeah. The 3DS. Yeah. This, is, this is all Nintendo-centric in this article. I just yeah. I remember my friend I, has the Wii U, but he he got rid of his Wii and just kept the Wii U. Right. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't know. I just don't think it's... Again, you're not the target demographic. You're not a kid who, who's got to get them all kind of feeling, you know, that's descended down yeah, from the era of Pokemon. That. Yeah, I just, I, I, I find myself completely, whatever, not yeah, impressed. Yeah, kind of like me we'll on this situation. Yeah. But I am s- kind of, I mean, I do have to get it all when it comes to things I like. It's just this, this doesn't really appeal to me in any, right? like, oh my God, I have to have that kind if of you way. Were, if you were nine, you might feel differently about it. Possibly. Yeah, and, and really but if I were nine, Nintendo. I wouldn't have the money to buy 
the oh my god, I must have that we'll right just away. Plague your parents for Christmas. Well, that's why in that. the video, the kid's at the store with his mom picking out the figure so that he gets it bought for him. For him, yeah. At least that's the what you're led to believe. So yeah, I think it's 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 early now because really they're only showing it for um, the. The battle game. What the heck is it called? Brawl. Smash Brothers, yeah, right. Smash Brothers Brawl. Yeah. Um, and until they actually can expand it out to other uh, games, especially if they expand to third-party software, maybe then it becomes a little more interesting. Because yeah. right now, Skylanders have a lot of figures, but they're stuck within the Skylander world. Right. Right. Uh, Disney Infinity even is heavy, has different play sets, but it's still all within that ecosystem. Um, the thought of being able to take one of your Disney characters and throw him into a Metroid game. Interesting. That might be, that interesting. Might be interesting. No, this so, is definitely, this is definitely first blush. You know, it's compatible with one game. You know, Super Smash Bros. is the only one that does anything with it yet. And right. just does it. The, the big deal about this was it does it across the 3DS version and the Wii U version. We'll see yeah. where it goes. It's, it's interesting. I like, I like that they're trying new things. It didn't yeah. light any fires under me either, but hey, keep keep iterating. Well, you'll find something that I'll love. Yeah, exactly. Sure. Keep, keep keep your day will justifying come. your yeah. existence as a console. <laughs> <laughs> and from the oh, what a shocker department uh, from Polygon.com, Sony and Microsoft are both giving you games, and GameStop isn't happy. Yeah. Well, yeah. If you don't see the death of your industry yet, GameStop, you haven't been paying attention. Right. Um, like, they really need to rethink themselves because it's just like everything else. It's Digital delivery. I mean, the, if you remember, at launch... It's a game of the past. The Xbox One was going to be digital delivery only, um, which Grail wish, wishes had gone through. Um, every time he has to change the disc. God damn it. With, with, yeah. with the caveat that they had a robust store environment right. that could make use of right. third-party sellers to allow for sales. But this is only going to get worse for the retailers. And a retail that's centered only around selling game discs, it's not good news. Um, but it's, I don't think there's any way of putting this well, genie back in the bottle. I mean, look at Steam. Yeah, for goodness sake. Give me Steam on every platform and you will have my money forever. Valve, make it happen. And and that's and that's just it. You look at that and you say, honestly, what does it take to do something like that? I mean, obviously you've got to work out the legalities of it, but freaking that, that's the problem is everyone wants their piece of the action. Know. I, mm-hmm. I right. it, it reminds me of you know, in, in 1905 Sears was the biggest retailer. Ever, mm-hmm. you know, and and they're being they've been eclipsed entirely by Amazon yep. and those sorts of things, and and the rate of change is just accelerating. So you look at that and you say, well, Netflix started; they sent you a disc in the mail, and you sent it back to them, and they would send you your next three discs. You know, as you basically work your way through. Now it's all streaming, yep. and it's it's. I, I, just, I just look at the quotes from this article. Drives me nuts, and it's just. It reminds me of the music industry trying to stem the tide of digital. Sure. On its investor call, GameStop president Tony Bartel made a comment that can only be interpreted as a criticism of Sony and Microsoft's digital strategies. We want to help ensure that our industry does not make the same mistake as other entertainment categories by driving the perceived value of digital goods significantly below that of a physical game. Two 
damned late. We already yeah. understand that it's all about the ones and zeros, and the packaging and the disc were unnecessary fluff. We want to play the game. We don't want to play the package. Well, yeah. they're also unnecessary baggage. I mean, I just want to get rid of them. Right. And I don't necessarily want to put them in a landfill, you know, so I'm recycling them. or One more I'm, reason. It, it, just give it to me digitally. Like, I don't even want to buy... Okay, I love books. I was a hard sell on e-readers. I don't want to own books anymore unless You're total unless it's a really special. And I'm going to buy it like hard bound, leather bound, something that a collection edition type. Right. Then I will buy it in in a hard copy. But I don't want that anymore because I don't want it taking up space in my house. This guy, he he's got a valid concern because what's happening here is reality is aligning better with the actual value of the item. Music was way overpriced because we were forced to buy complete albums on a physical disc. Yep. Mm -hmm. That made us pay more money than we should have for what we were actually getting because there was a great deal of control being exerted over how music was delivered to us. The same change is happening in the games industry. It's the same realignment of we're going to pay less because we understand and value what's in there less. We know that we don't need to pay all this extra money for stuff we don't need, like packaging and rent for a store that sold it to us. Well, and and, I, I oh, think a lot of the reasons that people were worried about not having the physical disc, not having the, the packaging was mostly because they wanted to own it. Yes. And right. then if they wanted to give it to somebody, they wanted to be able to do that, just like with books. Ah, yes. Right. The other side of the coin is mm -hmm. when you go all digital, you are giving the manufacturer of your system a say in what happens. This has happened to people who have huge Amazon music and mm. book libraries mm -hmm. that have done something to piss off Amazon and have gotten their accounts closed. And they Banned. Can't, they, yep. they can't access any of the books they bought anymore. They can't access any of the music or movies they bought anymore. And Amazon just shrugs and says, should have followed our rules. Yeah, terms right. of service. Right. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, that's obviously going to be a risk going forward as more people migrate to a digital uh you know, Medium. subscription model or right. at least a, a purchasing model. However, you, you look at like game companies and they've already adapted to this by the use of DLCs. Yeah. They've figured out, well, it's not even we'll we'll offer this game at normal retail price for a couple weeks and then we're gonna start discounting it because we know the real money is that season pass. Uh-huh. Mm -hmm. And if somebody likes our game enough, they'll buy the season pass, which is just an extra thirty bucks on top of what whatever we got out of them. Well that's that's and, there's a reason why this article is about GameStop. Right. They distribute because they have nothing to do. They're they're right. they're left out in the cold. Because the really. devs are way ahead of the curve on this one. Yeah, so. they figured out that, well, if we're going to go to digital medium, here's how we can still make money. GameStop, other than offering the ability to buy a card that allows you to download it digital, which is fine, but it's still, again, why do I need to go to a store right. to pick up a card that allows me to go back home and put in the code when I can just buy the, the same item? It's right. until, until they're able to offer sales or deals on the, the, the games, they're, they're not going to be really relevant. 
No, uh, that's the problem. They're 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 already irrelevant to a large portion of the consumer audience. Well, and, it's swinging that way because yeah. they still have relevancy because of the used game market. Correct. That's the only thing right. that's keeping them afloat right now. But we are we are witnessing the the death of a of a, an industry. Yeah. I think we saw it with Blockbuster. We saw it with yeah. all the exactly. Um, Lack, you know, lackluster video. Yeah, uh-huh. lackluster video. Exactly. But you know what? Every company has. To, if they want to continue to stay relevant, you have to change with the times. It's just something that has to happen. You can't remain the same company for thousands and thousands of years nope. and not change a little bit, at least. It, and it can yeah. be done. Netflix, you know, built their, built their own replacement for their own service, so you can't well, have and, people with foresight. And they looked forward. They were looking forward to that and saw the history. By the way, it was interesting because I'm, I am seeing uh, changes in some of Amazon's behaviors where, for example, on my account, they've got lend this book to anyone for free. Yeah. Yeah. So they're they're, they're, try, they're trying to address it. They're they're trying to figure out how do they just make sure they own a Kindle. Ha ha. Sure. Yeah. Or or have an account or right. have access because you have to have an account to invite get to it. them yeah. into our infrastructure. Yeah. Exactly. No, that, exactly. That's good marketing is what that is. Suck it exactly. in. Exactly. Yeah. All right, this brings us handily to our break. You're listening to Casual. This is Justin Robert Young from the Weird Things Podcast. You're listening to Alpha Geek Radio. This was a triumph I'm making a note here Huge success It's hard to overstate My satisfaction Aperture science We do what we must Because we can For the good of all of us Except the ones who are dead But there's no sense crying over every mistake You just keep on trying till you run out of cake And the science gets done And you make a neat gun For the people who are still alive And threw every piece into a fire 
I prefer to stay inside. Maybe you'll find someone else to help you. Maybe Black Mesa. Hey, this is Veronica Belmont from Vaginal Fantasy, and you are listening to Alpha Geek Radio. Casually Harker continues live on alphageekradio.com, trying to press the buttons in such a way that I don't cut off my own voice. Apparently, failing at it. Fail! Uh, five, or excuse me, 500 millisecond uh, buffer there. Not so cool. And into the bottom half of the show where we hit the light and fluffy topic of net neutrality. (laughs) (laughs) Little light discussion. Yeah, yeah. And no politics involved at all. Net neutrality has nothing to do with politics. That's what this story is all about, is this is it becoming well and truly politicized as a discussion. And I use the term discussion loosely. Because yeah. the news is that the president <laughs> has weighed in and has firmly put himself on the side of net neutrality, saying, do not do not go the way you look like you're going, which is to allow the, the fast lane for those who pay more to be built. And as soon as a high-profile Democrat like that gets on stage and states that, it becomes a political football, and within hours... Um, it, the ridiculous statement by uh, get, Ted Cruz. Ted Cruz, oh mm-hmm. yeah, and come up with the most absurd response that obviously some <laughs> freaking political wrangler said. Ooh, ooh, ooh! Call it Obamacare for the internet. <laughs> yeah. What? That's what not even you? a valid analogy. <laughs> in not even close. Bizarro world. <laughs> what were you thinking? Is a buzzword, negative connotation. Dudes in the deep south who don't understand what inter or net are will go for it and hate Obama more, which I didn't think was. It is, in fact, a series of tubes. Well, I mean, the sad reality is, is all they have to understand is net neutrality means less money for business, which means less money we're going to give to your campaigns. Right. So you need to understand net neutrality is bad. Net neutrality is bad, and Kai. We're going to tell you lots of lies and say why it's good for you. But right, right. You you have nailed it. Yeah, it's it's the standard response to it of we're not even going to try to address the issues. We're just going to use buzzwords to make you give it a very negative connotation. Emotion, emotion, not reason. Emotion, emotion. My understanding, and maybe I'm wrong on this, and and again, I I seriously could be wrong on this, but my understanding was that, that Europe kind of already treats this as 
like an infrastructure component there are as, few, as a utility. There's a few European countries that have even specified it as a basic human right. They, the rest of the world is looking at this whole net neutrality debate and going, Whiskey Tango Foxtrot America, really? Mm-hmm. This, this, this access to information, the are, access to the internet, the access to um, see the news, to learn how things are evolving, and to you know just be in contact with everyone. Everyone is looking at us and saying, you are taking the most important piece of techno- technological innovation in the last century, possibly millennium, and you're willing to sabotage it to make a buck. Short term well, What game. the hell? Yeah, the, the, the short sightedness of that. That's the American way. I mean, we'll, no, we'll it other is not. Con- <laughs> well, not. I mean, other countries that would, I mean, it's funny. If China looked at our net neutrality rules, they go, well, why are you even debating it? Yeah, just I do mean, it. We should just do it because we do that, but we do it for political reasons right. and social reasons. We don't do it to make money, but maybe they'll look at it and go, wait a second, we can make money with our censorship? Exactly. This is amazing. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, it's not censorship. It's, um, it's um, right. capitalism. Yeah, it's capitalism. Right, right, right. So, I mean, that's, that's the sad thing is for us, it always gets it, – it, it, it tends to feel like most of our decisions, it comes down to is it something you can make money off of? And if it is, the folks that can make money off it tend to have the means to push through legislation, push through whatever's needed in order to uh, get what they want. Get what they yeah. want. And and, it, and the argument has been es- escalated one tier more by the president weighing in on it with his statement a week or, week or two ago. Yeah. Sure. We have a uh, sneaky person joining the call. Hi, who's on the line? This is True. Hey, True. How are you doing? Hey, True. Pretty good. Pretty good. So what did we, what did we say that, that, that set off the, your, your Skype gland and said, I must call? Business. That that is where everything's starting to get a little sticky now because Disney. Google and several other companies, including some of the media producers, are starting to say, "Wait a minute, this could just be another frigging blackout crack we're dealing with." Just like we're dealing with the cable companies with blacking out CBS or blacking out whatever. And someone's uh-huh. saying, "Okay, yeah, this might not be a bad idea. This might be a bad idea." I understand but, the nervousness of content providers. Because it's the ISP. Well, they, they don't control the method of delivery. So that is a very uncomfortable position to be in, where someone else has the power to shut you down. That is, but then, then why did you get into the content delivery over the internet business if that bothered you? <laughs> right. True. Absolutely. I don't know if you uh, watched uh, This Week in Tech last week when they actually had a couple different ISPs on the show, CEOs of different ISPs. One's doing pro Tile 2, one's doing negative Tile 2. And they made some interesting points, mainly the fact that, yes, Tile 2 would accomplish, but Tile 2 has a lot of other crap in it that, that could be problematic That could be problematic under the wrong administration. Right. And that's, that's the key it, phrase is with the wrong administration. That to back up the truck for those who don't understand, one of the proposed solutions is to reclassify internet service providers as Title 2 utilities, basically the, right. The, right. The, the same rule set oh. that covers the telephone company and the yeah, common company. carrier. Common carrier, yes. exactly, classification. Right. And the knee-jerk reaction from the anti-side is, that's a 1920s, 30s era law that has no application. It's like, no, it actually has tremendous application. Even though it was written then, the framework holds true well, based and- on what – classifying the kind of thing that is being delivered as a basic utility that everyone must have. And the, the philosophy at the time was that do people have to pay more for 
faster or more convenient telephone service. I right. mean, at the Which, time, they were using switchers. Right, and and, and there was there was tremendous. They were in the situation we are in now, where there were little phone companies that were local monopolies, and this they created that classification in order to solve that problem. And there were also cities who had multiple phone companies cover the area where comp- where you were a business and you only had five phones on your desk, one for each company. Right. It was a kind of had, absurd. Because a third of your customers were on each provider. And living in the world that we grew up in, we don't understand that because you know, when we got on this planet, the telephone network was already an established fact. And it was an integrated network where everyone could call everyone, but that's not how it grew originally. When we went from no telephone network to telephone network, it was not a flip a switch and there it is. It was lots of different companies with competing standards and lots of mess in between. And that's where these laws grew. We're kind of in that same place now. And it's kind of ironic when you look back that the reason we have these local monopolies is actually kind of the federal government's fault because when they broke up the AT&T monopoly and created all the baby bells, they were sowing the seeds of what would eventually become these companies that now hold effective local monopolies or duopolies. It's it's hairy and crazy and... Well, I mean, it's good to see that the you know head of the United States has come out and at least said this is the way it should you know we should not yeah. be uh, privatizing this this type of control. Absolutely. Um, but like as Iolite's point was when we were on break was that he could have probably done a little bit more though. He could, have, he could have appointed position. a better FCC chair. <laughs> um, so. Now there's all kinds of behind the scenes wrangling that we are not yeah. privy to that probably meant that he had really had no say over who got appointed, which is one of the complaints about the FCC, sure. is the candidates that get put forward are wholly controlled by the telcos and the cable companies. Much like any any of our regulatory right. uh, bodies within the government. The same for financial. It's all gotten sure. very, very incestuous and familiar, familiar, yeah. familiar and broken, so... <sighs> right. Keep an eye on this I mean, one. This this, this, yeah. this one just could affect us so greatly, and it just makes me want to scream sometimes. For sure. <sighs> All right, moving on. Uh, back to tightening valves. Yes, let's all go tighten our valves, shall we? Yeah. So, so we don't let the steam out. See what I did there? Exactly. Uh, this is from GameInformer.com. Uh, Valve tightens up guidelines for Steam early access titles. And this was, I would think, somewhat inevitable when you look at some of the percentages just the percentage of games where early access was sold and the percentage that have actually resulted in a finished title is a kind of embarrassingly small conversion rate at this point. Um, so basically people were kind of lured in, here, pay full price for this game that we're going to eventually finish. Here's early access, and then development slows down and then stops, and then there's... Well- yeah, I mean the interesting not even full price. Sometimes you were paying more than the You're full price. You're paying bonus. I want in now to get in at the early stages to help them develop it. And yeah, oftentimes they just would stop that whole development part. Yeah. <laughs> and you were left with uh, you know, vaporware. Uh so they've actually come out and said They've laid out some specific rules. Um, number one, you must include Steam early access branding and information about the current state of your game on any third-party sites where you are distributing Steam keys for your early access game. Okay. That's important. Number two, do not make spe- uh, specific promises about future events. <laughs> That's a big one. Yes. <laughs> Because many times you get these early access games where it's like, right now, you are a square. 
but eventually you're going to be king of an entire land that's going to be free roaming and awesome. And but fire will white, shoot from your eyes and your white. anus. But for now, you're a square on a flat white plane. <laughs> but we swear it's coming. And 18 months uh, later, I'm, I'm now a square on a flat blue plane. Oh, that's right. an upgrade. Exactly. Right, right. Uh, the third one is Steam Early Access titles used to be available to customers uh, or need to be available to customers through Steam. That's a uh, really interesting one because I didn't know that there were actual titles that were Steam Early Access that weren't available. That you had to download elsewhere. Yeah. yeah, that's tricky. Uh, and then lastly, don't overcharge Steam customers, which is big. I mean, that's you, I saw many early access titles that were like $79 to get into and when it was going to release, it was going to release at like $30 price point. Uh, and you're like, really? You're so Not only am I having to pay extra, but I'm actually acting as your, your QA department. Right. Well, so. the, the logic on that one was a lot of these games that went early access were also pe- people that were kickstarted yeah, and the Kickstarter tier, you you were paying seventy dollars for alpha access on the Kickstarter and twenty dollars for release access. If they didn't turn around and said, "Oh yeah, we're going to release the alpha, but we're also paying on early access, but we're only going to put twenty dollars for all the people who instead of people who paid seventy at the Kickstarter," that would kind of be a kick in the face. Yeah. And I I get sure. that piece. Then to me, why are you doing a Steam early access if you Kickstarter? Right. It should be one or the other, not both. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's but, that's uh, where I think they need to fix, but oh well. What what I what I would like to see interesting, and th- I wonder if this will happen, is if we start getting into an insurance model like what motion pictures do, where these game projects have to start basically buying in ins- buying into an insurance pool that says, okay, you want to charge thirty dollars for your already access game? Well, you only get twenty five dollars out. The other five goes into the insurance pool, and if, and if you don't deliver, completely, the insurance pool is going to refund refund the money, and if you violate certain rules rules we we have the right to basically sue you take your house and walk away say sue you and take your house and use that to pay the money back hmm. Interesting. Yeah. i mean if, if kickstarter could incorporate something like that into their model to say if you get funded a portion of your money is going to go to this premium yep. to allow us to basically if you fall apart we're going to refund at least some amount to the to your backers. Exactly. I don't I don't see Kickstarter doing that but just because Kickstarter wants to be a f- facilitator only and they don't want mm-hmm. to deal with the minutia but I could see Steam doing it because Steam is a bit more user centric. Possible, but mm-hmm. it could one could drive the other as well. So we have to wait and see. Listen, this has the aroma of being specifically crafted to fix things that bad actors have been doing. And well, it, it and it's a weird, you know, this is really uncharted territory. Yeah, all <laughs> that we're in, and we've and that's, been that's where con artists years. thrive is whenever you're in new territory. I mean, where do you think spam email came from? This idea of oh, people trust starting to trust things they see in their inbox. Let's let's get on that train. Yeah. And so this, yeah. This, this, <laughs> Speaking of which, I got a total aside on that. Okay. So I checked my email this oh morning, and I got an email from, and I don't know if it was legit or not. I deleted it, but it was from Microsoft Gaming Studios uh-huh. asking me to review Destiny. <laughs> yeah, right. I was like, wow. I mean, I could almost see them asking me for that to be like, tell us how much Destiny sucks. <laughs> <laughs> tell us tell us how good we are for letting Bungie go. <laughs> Oopsie. Uh, anyways. So, yeah, this one kind of gets filed under. This is why we can't have nice things. Yeah. And finally, from Polygon.com this time. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of keeping in time with the source material of the books. Right. Yeah, <laughs> Telltale's seriously. Game of Thrones requires six episodes due to its, quote, scope and scale, end quote. 
Yeah. On one hand, great means they're really going to dive deep into the content, of yeah. which there is a wealth. Um, so it just this just tells me that they want to try and do it right. And to do it right, you have to have a crap ton of content in your game. Just because oh, yeah. of the the character list. Oh God! I mean, it's the cast of characters is unending, chance. even even when you take out the ones who have their heads cut off. Right, right. I mean, it doesn't end. So it's good to see that. Um, and I think, you know, if anything, having played through Walking Dead, having played through uh, Wolf Among Us, uh, hopefully going to get a review copy to talk about on the show of the Borderlands yes. one as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, they This seems like a match made in heaven. In no, terms Telltale of- has mastered the episodic content model yeah. in its current but, form. And gritty. Like, they're very... You know that would be the word that kind of sums up their uh, their their storytelling style, at least from those uh, those aforementioned uh, titles. Right, and that fits very well with George R. R. Martin's universe, his expansive and uh, well populated and frequently depopulated universe. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, sometimes heads must roll. You think? Um, yes, it's to quote from the quote from the article. Our characters are feeling the impact of what we've experienced and seen in the show, said director of design Ryan Kaufman. It felt like six episodes, given the scope and scale, was the right thing. And we get to you know have a, a project that essentially never ends. Pretty much. Um, as long as they're getting well paid, then that's not a bad situation for a studio to be in. No, and I think... Oh, go ahead. Well, the question is, how far into the books are the things going to go? Are the, is the sixth plan to go through events through Dance of Dragons, or is it just going to be through the TV show era, or are they actually planning for on George actually getting the book out before he dies? Well, this is the interesting place we find ourselves, because there have been hints dropped, and it's not entirely clear, but it is absolutely possible that the TV series will see its conclusion before the final book is released, and meaning the TV series will release information and tell the end of the story that will be the one that's in the book. So the the TV series will get ahead of the novels. Yeah, it could be. But in the article, it says that it's supposed to take place near the end of season three of HBO's TV adaptation and just before the beginning of its season five. So they're basically setting it in the last half of Storm of Swords. Mm-hmm. So it's post-Red Wedding. But pre the end of that, with all the the people, the Joffrey getting killing over um, uh, purple wedding, Dan Daenerys. Yes. I mean, it it seems to be taking place with the House Forester, who's a sworn House of the North. So I'm guessing it's not going to interact too much with Daenerys and all the stuff happening across the sea, but it may. I mean, it depends on where they take the story. But they firmly said it within already told story. Yeah. Correct. So you still have that. You still have, you know, you're going to have uh, Tyron Lannister still alive at this point. Uh, Tyrion still in King's Landing and not been accused yet of killing the king. Uh, you have a lot of stuff happening. Rob is dead, though. So now the North has lost their uh, king. their king. So it, it'll be an interesting time for sure for a uh, House of the North, mm-hmm. especially with Bolton trying to basically being appointed as Warden of the North and whether or not I'm sure some of it's going to play into whether or not your house goes along with this uh, turn of events. Well, if there if there was ever a universe where you could take side characters and flesh out stories for them, sure, this is it. Oh, well, yeah. there's plenty of there's so many characters that are main characters. Mm-hmm. To begin with, so 
Yeah. They touch so many people in their, you know, routes to wherever they're going. You can easily form a lot of really great stories with all the side characters. Sure. Plus, you have all the stuff happening at the wall. So there's a lot a of lot directions you can go with it. And it really, if they're going six episodes, not only, I'm sure, are they trying to incorporate the cast, but it sounds like it's going to be more of a tour de force around Westeros to see a lot of stuff. Just based on the graphics, you're seeing Tyrion, you're seeing uh, Cersei. Mm-hmm. So it's you're obviously getting to King's Landing at some point or at least interacting with those characters. I just want a scene like the one with the... Uh... Tyrion and his squire. We're going to need details. Coach. Right, right. <laughs> details. Uh, classic. Yeah, that was awesome. Oh. Uh, he had get... some of the best scenes. I oh, love. He had good scenes. It, 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 <laughs> Tyrion in particular chews up the scenery. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. All right. So join us next week, same bat time, same bat channel, for another episode of Casually Hardcore. Uh, we're interested in hearing from you with suggestions of genre shows to uh, replace in our Section 1 discussion where Doctor Who is about to leave a vacancy next week. Send that information to the show at alphageekradio.com, and we will put it into the mix and make our decision next week. You can find us on the internet, alphageekradio.com. We are on Facebook. You can search for Casually Hardcore for the show or Alpha Geek Radio for the network. On the Twitter, you can follow the network, Alpha Geek Radio, or the show, which is under uh, Hardcore Casuals. I am on there as Gnomewise. My lovely wife, who is herding the children right now, is on there as Iolite underscore CH. That's Ooh, it. Ha, ha, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised at this point. Bullwhip. Um, Daxa is on there as D-A-K-S-A-C-H and Grail is on there as Izzy Grail, I-Z-Z-Y-G-R-A-I-L follow us there, we are occasionally humorous uh, I actually do have one thing, so for next week yes. I did uh, break down and pick up Dragon Age Inquisition <laughs> so I will speak more upon it by next week uh but so far it has been so choice we need to make, we need to make an official segment Grail speaks words. Speaks yeah. words about a game. Grail shall speak <laughs> words. And now, Grail. Oh, and a big rumor is that this Wednesday the uh, Steam sale will begin. Everyone is. For that, for I, that. Lo- I love how they keep that secret. The and holiday, they make it such yeah. a freaking event. I mean, that, there's just. They're... Well, apparently PayPal started sending stuff out saying, hey, by the way, you oh. might want to start putting some stuff money in your account because the Steam sale is coming this uh-huh. Wednesday. <laughs> Spoilers. Yeah. Uh, all right. Thank you all for joining us. You can submit uh, topic suggestions to our subreddit, alphageekradio.reddit.com, or just search on Reddit. Actually, don't search. The search tool is is horrendously bad. It is alphageekradio.reddit.com. We are thankful to all of the members of the all-volunteer research team who hang out there. Um, You can upvote, downvote, suggest, do all kinds of fun things there that then become our show outline when Grail wakes up and rubs his eyes on an early Sunday morning. Yep. Shout out to uh, MacBit for uh, some of the articles that we discussed today. Not to be confused with MacButt. This is true. Although MacButt is a funnier name. Well, <laughs> it would be an enhancement. <laughs> <laughs> if you like what we're doing and wish to support us, we work on the value for value model here. Uh, if you want to send us a couple of bucks every month, we need it and appreciate it. Go to patreon.com slash alpha geek and read all about it. It is... Easy, automated, fun for the whole family. Indeed. We shall return next week. Until then, I have been Gnomewise.
She has been Iolite. I have been Dexa. And I've been Grail. And we are out of here. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. To come anyway. Bye bye, people.